Today is September 25th. This is Verses and Flow. I'm Jennifer. Welcome in and welcome back. What a joy it is to share the Word of God with you and to share the words that God has given me. It's Monday, and I know for some of us, Monday can be a hard day to start the week coming off the weekend, but I want to encourage you to see Monday as a gift the gift of a new day, a new week. It's a new opportunity to do and be something great. That's what I used to tell Nazir, my oldest son, every day before he would start school. Like today is a new opportunity to do and be something great. And that's exactly what it is. We have a fresh start, a clean slate, a blank page. Ooh, more on that blank page later. We also have a chance to start anew, to start fresh, to get after it. So let's embrace that today. Let's make the most of this Monday or whatever day it is that you're listening to this. So our reading today, we've got Ephesians, we've got Psalms, we've got Isaiah, and we've got Proverbs. And each of these passages, we're going to see how God builds us up individually and collectively as his people We're going to see how God empowers us to walk worthy of our calling. We don't have to do it. We can't do it in and of ourselves. We need God to walk worthy of our calling, to grow in unity and maturity, and to use our gifts for His glory. Okay, so as we read these scriptures, let's ask God to speak to us personally and practically so that we can apply His word to our lives this very day. Let's ask Him to overcome and any obstacles that might be hindering us from following him and from knowing him fully. Let's celebrate this day. This is the day that the Lord has made. The present is a gift and it is all we have to work with. We can't go back and change the past. The future is not in our hands. Let's make the most of this day right here. Oh, and I totally didn't get to the story that I wanted to share with y'all yesterday because I had some other things that apparently needed to be said. But today, I do want to tell you about my personal struggle with shame because per our affirmation from yesterday, when I share my words, I share my light. And Revelation 12, 11 tells us that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. For a testimony to be a testimony, you have to tell it. The devil deals in darkness and shame. And so much of the time we find ourselves trapped in that. And we will try to feel our way through that darkness, bumping into all kinds of stuff, going in circles and cycles because we don't know how to get out. But when I tell y'all, I am living proof of how we can make our way towards the light if we face the monsters lurking in the dark, if we reject the lives that come from within, sometimes it be your own mind. We can come out on the other side with laughter and joy. Now, there is still work to be done, but that's all a part of the story. That's what makes the story a story. And while our stories belong to us, they are not us. They don't define us, nor do they define who God is to us. Our stories are simply a part of our journey. And here's the other thing. 
Stories are meant to be shared. They are meant to be a connection point, a guide, a map of meaning for us and for others out there who are traveling through the same rough terrain or traveling through terrain that we've already traversed so that we all know that we're not alone in what we're going through. The Bible is a story. Listen, own your story, process the traumatic parts of your story so you can experience healing. Any of us can talk about the good parts, the successful parts, the happy parts, the parts where we felt really good about whatever it is that happened to us. But what about those hard parts? What about the parts that we wish we could have done differently, that we wish we had more information so that we would have acted in a way that's consistent with what we know now? Share your story, share your light, and don't forget to sit in the grace of God while doing it. It is here for us, okay? Now let's get into this story. Let's get into God's story. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 11 through 48, Holman Christian Standard Bible. This is what the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and its maker says, Ask me what is to happen to my sons and instruct me about the work of my hands. I made the earth and created man on it. It was my hands that stretched out the heavens and I commanded all their host. I have raised him up in righteousness and will level all roads for him. He will rebuild my city and set my exiles free. Not for a price or a bribe, says the Lord of hosts. God alone is the Savior. This is what the Lord says. The products of Egypt and the merchandise of Cush and the Sabaeans, men of stature, will come over to you and will be yours. They will follow you. They will come over in chains and bow down to you. They will confess to you, God is indeed with you and there is no other. There is no other God. Yes, you are a God who hides himself, God of Israel's Savior. All of them are put to shame, even humiliated. The makers of idols go in humiliation together. Israel will be saved by the Lord with an everlasting salvation. You will not be put to shame or humiliated for all eternity. For this is what the Lord says. God is the creator of the heavens. He formed the earth and made it. He established it. He did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. I am Yahweh, and there is no other. I have not spoken in secret somewhere in a land of darkness. I did not say to the descendants of Jacob, Seek me in a wasteland. I, Yahweh, speak truthfully. I say what is right. Come gather together and draw near, you fugitives of the nations. Those who carry their wooden idols and pray to a God who cannot save have no knowledge. Speak up and present your case. Yes, let them take counsel together. Who predicted this long ago? Who announced it from ancient times? Was it not I, Yahweh? There is no other God but me, a righteous God and Savior. There is no one Accept me, turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn truth has gone from my mouth, a word that will not be revoked. Every knee will bow to me, every tongue will swear allegiance. It will be said to me, Righteousness and strength is only in the Lord. All who are enraged against him will come to him and be put to shame. All the descendants of Israel will be justified and find glory through the Lord. There is no one like God. 
Bell crouches, Nebo cowers. Their idols are consigned to beasts and cattle. The images you carry are loaded as a burden for the weary animal. The gods cower, they crouch together. They are not able to rescue the burden, but they themselves go into captivity. Listen to me, house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel who have been sustained from the womb, carried along since birth. I will be the same until your old age, and I will bear you up when you turn gray. I have made you, and I will carry you. I will bear and save you. Who will you compare me or make me equal to? Who will you measure me with so that we should be like each other? Those who pour out their bags of gold and weigh out silver on scales, they hire a goldsmith and he makes it into a god. Then they kneel and bow down to it. They lift it to their shoulder and bear it along. They set it in its place and there it stands. It does not budge from its place. They cry out to it, but it doesn't answer. It saves no one from his trouble. Remember this and be brave. Take it to heart, you transgressors. Remember what happened long ago, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and no one is like me. I declare the end from the beginning and from long ago what is not yet done, saying, My plan will take place and I will do all my will. I call a bird of prey from the east, a man for my purpose from a far country. Yes, I have spoken, so I will also bring it about. I have planned it, I will also do it. Listen to me, you hard-hearted, far removed from justice. I am bringing my justice near. It is not far away, and my salvation will not delay. I will put salvation in Zion, my splendor in Israel. The Fall of Babylon Go down and sit in the dust, virgin daughter Babylon. Sit on the ground without a throne, daughter Chaldea, for you will no longer be called pampered and spoiled. Take millstones and grind meal, remove your veil, strip off your skirt, bear your thigh, wave through the streams. Your nakedness will be uncovered and your shame will be exposed. I will take vengeance. I will spare no one. The Holy One of Israel is our Redeemer. Yahweh of hosts is his name. Daughter Chaldea, Sit in silence and go into darkness, for you will no longer be called mistress of kingdoms. I was angry with my people. I profaned my possession, and I placed them under your control. You showed them no mercy. You made your yoke very heavy on the elderly. You said, I will be the mistress forever. You did not take these things to heart or think about their outcome. So now hear this, lover of luxury, who sits securely, who says to herself, I exist and there is no one else. I will never be a widow or know the loss of children. These two things will happen to you suddenly, in one day, loss of children and widowhood. They will happen to you in their entirety in spite of your many sorceries and the potency of your spells. You were secure in your wickedness. You said, no one sees me. Your wisdom and knowledge led you astray. You said to yourself, I exist and there is no one else. But disaster will happen to you. You will not know how to avert it and it will fall on you, but you will be unable to ward it off. Devastation will happen to you suddenly and unexpectedly. So take your stand with your spells and your many sorceries, which you have 
wearied yourself with from your youth. Perhaps you will be able to succeed. Perhaps you will inspire terror. You are worn out with your many consultations, so let them stand and save you, the astrologers who observe the stars, who predict monthly what will happen to you. Look, they are like stubble. Fire burns them up. They cannot deliver themselves from the power of the flame. This is not a coal for warming themselves or a fire to sit beside. This is what they are to you, those who have wearied you and have traded with you from your youth. Each wanders on his own way. No one can save you. Israel must leave Babylon. Listen to this, house of Jacob, those who are called by the name Israel and have descended from Judah, who swear by the name of Yahweh and declare the God of Israel, but not in truth or righteousness, for they are named after the holy city and lean on the God of Israel. His name is Yahweh of hosts. I declare the past events long ago. They came out of my mouth. I proclaimed them. Suddenly I acted and they occurred because I know that you are stubborn and your neck is iron and your forehead head bronze. Therefore, I declared to you long ago, I announced it to you before it occurred, so you could not claim. My idol caused them. My carved image and cast idol control them. You have heard it. Observe it all. Will you not acknowledge it? From now on, I will announce new things to you, hidden things that you have not known. They have been created now and not long ago. You have not heard of them before today, so you could not claim I already knew them. You have never heard, you have never known. For a long time your ears have not been opened, for I knew that you were very treacherous and were known as a rebel from birth. I will delay my anger for the honor of my name, and I will restrain myself for your benefit and for my praise, so that you will not be destroyed. Look, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. I will act for my own sake, indeed my own, for how can I be defiled? I will not give my glory to another. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 16. Unity and diversity in the body of Christ. Therefore I, the prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, accepting one another in love, diligently keeping the unity of the Spirit with the peace that binds us. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. Now, Grace was given to each of us according to the measure of the Messiah's gift, for it says, When he ascended on high, he took prisoners into captivity. He gave gifts to people. But what does he ascended mean except that he descended to the lower parts of the earth? The one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the training of the saints in the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with the stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children, tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, 
Christ. From him, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. Psalm 68 verses 19 through 35. May the Lord be praised. Day after day he bears our burdens. God is our salvation. Salah. Our God is a God of salvation and escape from death belongs to the Lord God. Surely God crushes the heads of his enemies, the hairy head of one who goes on in his guilty acts. The Lord said, I will bring them back from Bashan. I will bring them back from the depths of the sea so that your foot may wade in blood and your dog's tongues may have their share from the enemies. People have have seen your procession, God, the procession of my God, my King in the sanctuary. Singers lead the way with musicians following. Among them are young women playing tambourines. Praise God in the assemblies. Praise the Lord from the fountain of Israel. There is Benjamin, the youngest, leading them, the rulers of Judah in their assembly, the rulers of Zebulun, the rulers of Naphtali. Your God has decreed your strength. Show your strength, God. You who have acted on our behalf. Because of your temple at Jerusalem, kings will bring tribute to you. Rebuke the beast and the reeds, the herds of bulls with the calves of the peoples. Trample underfoot those with bars of silver. Scatter the peoples who take pleasure in war. Ambassadors will come from Egypt. Cush will stretch out its hands to God. Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth. Sing praise to the Lord, Salah. To him who rides in the ancient highest heavens. Look, he thunders with his powerful voice. Ascribe power to God. His majesty is over Israel. His power among the clouds. God, you are awe-inspiring in your sanctuaries. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. May God be praised. Proverbs 24 verses 3 and 4. A house is built by wisdom, and it is established by understanding. By knowledge the rooms are filled with every precious and beautiful treasure. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so grateful for your word and the wisdom it provides. Help us to build our house and fill our rooms with this wisdom. Lord, we pray that you would help us to apply all of this knowledge to our lives today, that you would help us to live it out and walk worthy of our calling to grow in unity and maturity, as Paul talked about today, and to use our gifts for your glory. Lord, we ask that you would empower us to overcome any obstacles that might hinder us from following you and from knowing you fully, from experiencing the fullness of your love. Lord, for those of us who wrestle with shame and guilt, Lord, I have a special prayer today. Please remind us, reiterate to us the grace that you have given us through Jesus, our Savior. Help us to remember that our past mistakes do not define us and that we are forgiven because of your sacrifice on the cross. Lord, help us to see ourselves through your eyes as loved and forgiven and covered. Lord, help us to let go of any burdens that are weighing us down and shackling us to old problems and past 
past mistakes and preventing us from living with integrity and character. Lord, when we do make mistakes, especially those that adversely affect others, help us to take responsibility immediately for our actions and make amends where necessary. Lord, give us the strength and courage to humble ourselves and seek forgiveness. And Lord, for those who are feeling lonely or discouraged or just don't have it today, Lord, fill them with your love and peace. Help them to know that they're not alone, that they are always in your presence and you are always with them. Remind them that you are here to be their comforter and their strength. Father, for those who feel overwhelmed by the challenges ahead, give them the courage and confidence to face them. Let them know that they have this because they have you. Help them remember that you have equipped them with everything they need to overcome whatever is before them. Give them the firm foundation in your word and lead them by your spirit. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness towards us. Lord, we just pray that you would continue to guide us, mold us, make us into the people that you have created and called us to be. In Jesus' name, and all the people of God said together, amen. And our affirmation for today, goodbye guilt, goodbye shame, goodbye fear, goodbye doubt. Hello love, hello joy, hello forgiveness, hey thanks. Goodbye guilt, goodbye shame, goodbye fear, goodbye doubts. Hello love, hello joy, hello forgiveness, hey thanks. And our aphorism. Shame is closely related to guilt, but there is a key qualitative difference. No audience is needed for feelings of guilt. No one else need know, for the guilty person is his own judge. Not so for shame. The humiliation of shame requires disapproval or ridicule by others. If no one ever learns of a misdeed, there will be no shame. But there still might be guilt. Of course, there may be both. The distinction between shame and guilt is very important since these two emotions may tear a person in opposite directions. The wish to relieve guilt may motivate a confession but the wish to avoid the humiliation of shame may prevent it. Mm. Okay, so my story, I purposely waited until after I did the prayer, the affirmation, and the aphorism because I kind of wanted this to be the last thing that you sit with. So my story. Okay, so I took the writing project this year from a client, one of my best clients. He is so easy to work with. He's easy to talk to, receptive to suggestions and ideas, pays on time every time, does not try to nickel and dime or negotiate, just, just a dream to work with. The problem was not with the client at all. The problem for me was that I could not find a connection with this client's work. And I should have said that at the beginning. That was my first mistake, okay? But because I've been doing this for nearly 20 years, I thought I could handle it. I thought, you don't have to love the project, Jennifer. You don't even have to agree or believe in the project. You don't need some kind of personal connection. You have one job, and that is to whip this book into its best shape and deliver quality writing on time. Simple enough, right? 
But every time I sat down to work on this project, I found myself just staring at the screen, struggling to get any words on the page, that blank page. And these pages weren't even blank. They were filled with his words, but it felt like staring at a blank page. As a matter of fact, a blank page might have even been better. But anyway, I was feeling more and more drained. My creativity felt stifled. My motivation waned and... I just began to dread even opening the project files. I tried to push through it. I tried to tell myself that this was just temporary, that I would find that discipline because I like to think that I'm a relatively disciplined person, but it just just wasn't clicking for me and it never really did. It just didn't flow like I needed it to flow, like I desperately needed it to flow. Add to that, The fact that I have a whole full-time job, this here whole podcast, a whole husband, a whole family, a puppy with cancer who I am trying to nurse back to health by doing all the things holistic and traditional, friendships and sister friendships that I try to nurture and tend to on top of drinking my water, doing my personal study and devotion, moisturizing my skin, loving this body, paying these bills, reading the internet before bed. Oh, and maybe just maybe having one decent meal and making sure that everybody in this house has clean clothes, at least At least in a laundry basket, maybe not folded up and put in drawers or hung up on hangers, but at least in the laundry basket, I was pretty much tapped. And so somewhere along that long list of things, I just, I just let the project go. Now, it never left my mind. It stayed with me like an open loop, persisting in the most anxiety inducing way, like a sock that has like half slipped down into your shoe or a popcorn kernel or husk that just gets stuck in your teeth and you can't get to it or a mosquito like that keeps buzzing in your ear you get the picture with each passing day the frustration the stress the shame and guilt it just It just kept mounting. It kept growing until it became this huge mountain in my mind. I knew that I had to talk to my client and I needed to come clean about my struggle to connect and at this point just complete the project. But I was afraid. Fear was holding me back. I was afraid of disappointing him. I was afraid of losing his trust. I was afraid of not being good enough. Here we go. Afraid that my personal struggle would reflect poorly on me as a professional writer. I felt like a failure and a fraud. Here I am flowing in these other areas of my life. And the one thing that I get paid to do, that I get paid well to do, I couldn't handle it. I could not handle the very thing that I have built my career on. And the more that I beat myself up about this, the harder it became to even think about sitting down and working on the project. It was a vicious, self-destructive cycle that I just could not seem to break. Then my worst nightmare happened. The client started calling and texting and calling and texting, asking for updates. 
and progress reports, wondering why I was missing deadlines and not delivering the work as promised. And, you know, the first few times I did, you know, respond and I gave him like a new plan and a new deadline with full the full intention of delivering as promised. Like I wasn't I wasn't just making it up. I wasn't intentionally misleading, but I couldn't I couldn't get it together. And then I just well, I after so many failures, <laughs> I didn't know how to tell the truth anymore. I didn't know how to tell the truth in a way that didn't sound like an excuse. I felt so ashamed and so guilty because I knew I was letting him down. I knew I wasn't being professional or ethical, but I was also afraid and anxious because I I couldn't figure out how to explain myself. Like what I'm saying to you right now, I did not have words. I didn't have these words to say to him at that particular time. And I'm already... Um, what is the word that I'm looking for? I am confrontation avoidance. And so I didn't know how to have this interaction with him without it being confrontational. I didn't know how to deal with the consequences of not delivering after all this time had passed. So I did what any rational person would do in this situation. I, I just ignored him. I stopped answering his calls and his texts. I stopped opening his emails. I know, I know, oh my word. Feel free to judge me here because your girl was dead wrong and I know I was wrong and it was eating me alive. I felt awful, but shame is a beast. Shame has a way of making us do things that we wouldn't normally do And it had me in its teeth. It was biting down into me. It was strangling me. It was suffocating me. Days turned into weeks and still, I couldn't bring myself to face him. I was avoiding the inevitable, telling myself, or a part of myself was telling another part of myself that all I had to do was just block out a chunk of time to get the freaking book done. And then I could surprise him with this amazing product. But before that chunk of time would magically appear, he would call again. And then the calls came more frequently and then he emailed me and I saw a piece of the email. You know how you see the little preview? And all I read was, Jennifer, you and I need to talk immediately, y'all. I think the last time I felt that kind of fear in my heart, like where it sinks like all the way down into my stomach, was when I was 14 years old, I was terrified of getting my behind whipped by my mama because I had to tell her that my daddy came home early and caught me with a boy in the house. Mm. Do y'all feel that fear? Can y'all feel that? Because it's it's palpable to me right now. I'm scared right now thinking about it. It was that bad. And now here I was, a grown woman, and I still didn't know how to handle difficult conversations. So the next thing I know, okay, this is this is way too long. I'm gonna have to tell y'all the rest of the story tomorrow because I have got to get back to writing. I got to get back to writing. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know y'all can't wait to hear what happened next, but now y'all definitely have to tune into the podcast. I know y'all was gonna show up anyway, but let me tell you, 
it was not pretty. What happened next was, it was bad. It was so bad. I was about to find out just how much shame can make things worse. Mm. I'm sorry to leave y'all like, well, no, I'm not. I'm not sorry that I'm leaving y'all like this. I promise you I'm going to tell you the rest tomorrow. That's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being on this extraordinary expedition with me. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you. And if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you with the rest of the story.